Hey everybody, my name's Diane Gibbs and I'm the host of Design Recharge and I'm here with my friend Jody Miller and this is episode 391. We're so close to 400. This is great. This is the second time Jody's been on. If you are um, searching, you want to see the one before, if you get the newsletter, there was a link to it, but it's also um, in in this episode as well. There's a link to her last episode as well. So, but this time Jody has pivoted. She's a uh, full force on, and this is a w- great way for us to be able to talk about two things. We're talking about that pivot. Also, like, um, I, I really feel like you did a fearless move, which uh, Jody and I had started meeting, um, I guess in January, maybe? January 3rd. January 3rd. No skipping out in the first week of January with with me. So Jody and I started meeting and we meet weekly. And from January, uh, the plan was to for Jody to stop her job. Um, she had a part-time job and she was going to stop that in May of 2022. Right? Yeah. Well, initially we weren't even talking about me quitting my my job. It evolved into that after a few weeks of meeting. (laughs) So set the stage for them. uh, So to kind of give you an idea, um, and this is, uh, I call this uh, overcoming fear with faith and action, because one of the things that Jody has always done is she puts steps in, she takes action, which I think is really great. Um, And I love that about about Jody, because she's willing to kind of do the uncomfortable thing. And I find that really um, inspiring to me. So, um, I, a little bit of background you have done, you've worked as a textile designer, right? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of our last one. We talked about that plus these environments, you've been an experiential designer and now, uh, you really are being led to just being painting and doing paintings. So more fine art, right? Yes. Yep. That's right. So, um, to go back to when, I was on last, that was uh, February of whatever year it was. And it was later that month um, after we had talked about all these exciting, like experiential things that I was, and am still very passionate about, but I had been um, creating them and kind of facilitating them. And it just seeing the fruit of it was really exciting, but it was literally later that month. um, I went to a conference and I really, like felt it was through my church. And I felt like God was like, you need to lay that down, which completely surprised me. What does that me. mean? What does that mean? Okay. Lay that down for somebody who isn't. Uh, okay. Go right. Ahead. So, so to say, I just felt like I needed to step away from that role because I was in, I was leading the creatives at my church and I was leading them, um, like kind of empowering them to create these, um, creative experiences mm-hmm. outside the church, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And, um, but I felt like, yeah, I felt like God was saying it's time to let someone else step in and do that. And he really showed me too, like, um, I want you to focus on your family and little did I know what, what I would be facing, um, some really difficult things, but, um, the difficult Things in my family kind of started then. So it was really a blessing for me to be really focused and, um, and, and, and doing something different that I knew was greater. 
Although the, um, the last time we talked and all those experiential things and leading creatives, like I thought that was the thing. I, I mean, I really felt like, oh my gosh, I have arrived and this is the thing. And when God showed me like, actually, I need um, your kids to be your focus, like full on focus right now and trust that I've got somebody else to step in to take over. Um, yeah. So, um, so I had been, um, I think almost a year I had not been leading creatives. I had not been doing those experiential things and I hadn't, and I felt too, that I wasn't like contributing financially really. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was like, maybe I should do a part-time job because I'm used to being kind of busy and, um, and your kids are older, so it's my not kids like are older. They're, they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. And so while they were at school, I was like, maybe I should find a part time job. And um, I talked to my husband and he was like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe we can, you know, be on the lookout for it. And it was literally like we went to coffee, had that conversation. And I came home and I had like a, a, a job description. We, you know, we're looking for someone at my church. And I was like, oh, maybe I could do that part time. And still feel connected because I was so, I was leading and I was so involved before, still feel connected. But then, you know, school's out, I'm home, and then I can just be focused at home. And that was, um, that was in November of 2019. Okay. That's when I started. And so, uh, but as I was working there, um, I really was missing the creative part of it. Like my job was an administration, um, pastoral administrator admin there, which I loved. And I loved like helping people, um, be able to walk out what they felt like was their call on their life. And, um, but maybe did you, did you also feel like there was some of your gifts weren't being used? Yeah. I mean, I had opportunities there to be creative, but, but it was, it, yeah, it, it was more like I'd come home and I would take over the living room and I would, while we're all hanging out as a family, I'm like painting and everybody's having to walk around my table in the middle of the living room. And, um, yeah. And I, and I, um, I loved working at, at River House at the church. It was like super rewarding and super fun and to be around um, creative and powerful people. Like it was, it was super fun. Then in April, I decided to take a, a like a weekend, a Friday off, like my first like weekend off. And I did this conference and it was an art conference and it was online and it, it really was um, done really well. And I, it was like everything they were saying was like, oh, my gosh, they're totally speaking my language. They talked about like bringing people into an experience and and they were doing techniques that I didn't know how to do. So I felt like I was learning something new. It was just really inspiring. And then they offered this um, 52 week online mastery program. And like, I just felt really excited about the thought of it. And they were like, you know, it, it probably requires like 20 plus hours a week. And I was like, well, I'm only working 20 hours at uh, the office. So maybe I could do that. And, and so I signed up. And you pay for it monthly and you take these classes, um, you know, every month. And I started, I signed up in September of 2020 and it was 
November and so September, October, November, and I was still in week three. I was okay. not. I, yeah. So, I so, not there, so some, some of it is sounds like that maybe you needed accountability and there is like a community with that, but you weren't involved in that, right? There, not yet, at least no um, in the, or in the courses or, or so it's just on you to get the things done. They had a plan, but it, sometimes we need help even in doing something that we really want to do and that we're investing time and money, but always we take a backseat to the family or to other things. And sometimes it's that um, some of your gifts get put in the back burner. Um, and, And obviously we all have to make sacrifices. I'm not saying like, throw it all out you know, who cares about your family? That's absolutely not what I'm probably <laughs> no. my mom's like, yeah, Diane, that's you. You hadn't been home since Christmas last year, but I know mom, I appreciate it. Um, but in this time, so from um, September to November, you had gotten through three weeks of work and it, it 20 hours a week isn't really feasible for you with the schedule <laughs> no, that you have right? Yes, right so so oftentimes we also have this really big idea of what we can do yeah. but it, it doesn't because we're really hopeful right we're like oh my gosh i'm going to be able to do this i'm going to spend two hours doing this and one of the things we've uncovered is when jody goes and she paints outside somewhere else like not in her house and there is a clear end like she has three hours to paint she can end a project. It is not a problem, right? You know that it has to be done at the end of this time. But when she's working on it at home, that's one of your hurdles, right? Is that it's yeah. the finishing. Is this done? I can't finish this. I don't want to mess this up, right? Right. Yeah. I, I read um, what you entitled our talk, Overcoming Fear with Faith. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to be really vulnerable. Because... You're, you're kind and, and one of your greatest strengths is reminding the, the people that are able to meet with you, reminding them of their successes. But, you know, like, so I, you would remind me of like, oh, you over, you stepped in faith and did this and you stepped in faith and did this. Meanwhile, I'm like at, in my studio with projects that I I'm having a hard time finishing because I'm being confronted with a fear of like, Oh, what if I mess it up? What if I've, I've wasted the time I've spent on it up to this point? What if, what if then I've wasted the materials or. Um, this isn't just a, a game. This is something you're taking super serious. And yeah. a lot of these are commissions that you don't yes. want to mess up. Right? right. What if I've wasted the client's time and I have to start over. It's not like digital art where I can just erase it and start over a couple steps back, like, yeah. So I, I, I saw your title and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to be really honest about like fears that are still coming up that, that I know I'm having to like face and, um, and overcome. Oh, that's all of us. We all have that's all of and us, some yeah. things are forever. It will always be something for me. Mine is like, fear of rejection. You know, I want to be nice. I want people to like me, but sometimes I have to be hold, hold the line with you or with anybody that I'm working with and say, Hey, but you said this, you said this was important. Is this still important to you? It's hard to say that, right. It's hard to do that because I, but I know you love me. We've been in friends for a long, long time, but um, when you started painting, 
so you've been painting as a textile designer, you would paint in Photoshop. I mean, this is not new. You have extreme artistic talent to me, I think. And then, but you didn't always um, use traditional mediums, right? You might be comfortable with a few mediums, but one of the things that this course has allowed you to do, not my course, this is like through Milan uh, Art Institute, Art Institute, is that they are teaching you different kinds and they're taking you back. And one of the things in the very early now, I mean, if you see Jody's work, you would be like, no way she's bad at that. But she felt like she was bad at color or she didn't have a good idea. So the color portion was really um, it was harder. And we're all going to have things like that. Other people think what we're doing is fine, but it's not where we want it to be. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. And I think one of my core values is wanting to be excellent at what I do. And um, I think, you know, like meeting with you, that that um, striving for excellence. Um, yeah. So you some you're constantly reminding me, like, I don't need to be perfect. Like I can show up and fail. And I'm still, the fact that I showed up is what's excellent. So, right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. and, so, and, and sometimes when you're in that hole and all you can see is that it's not enough, it's not what you wanted it to be. You can't see, oh, hey, but look at all these other things that you've done. These right. could be backdrops or these could be, um, but it, it, what was so interesting to me is that um, one of uh, the things that we worked on or we have worked on or are working on is that Jody is that whole thing about she could go to church and do two services and paint a painting, finish a painting, maybe in the first service, or maybe it's two or she would. And this is a time crunch. This is very fast. So she has a clear idea of what she's doing, but she knows it's finished when the service is over. She's not going to keep piddling with it. Right. She had to finish it. And so she's done this. She does other things. We, she went for a day and, um, painted these people dancing. She went to the dance studio and painted and drew a ton of things. Right. And it was just very productive. One, she wasn't being distracted by other people in her family. Right. Um, But there are, so sometimes it's just other tactics that other people just suggest and you have to be willing to try, but it's also seeing where there were successes. And for you, when you went out, out of your house and you were, you had a time constraint that you had to be done. And I think about this when you were at, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was Tommy Bahama. They would say, oh, we're going to go in a different direction. And you never were like, oh my gosh, I have to start over. You always were like, awesome. I get to make something <laughs> else. Like it was True. such a great yeah. um, attitude. Like I wish I had that attitude at times, <laughs> but sometimes we, you know, it, it was seen as an opportunity but what, and it happens to me, like I think about how some sketchbooks that I probably have down here are just filled with X's, like things that I thought were just terrible. And I X through them because they were so terrible, you know, like I can't even, you know, I can't even see why this was ever good. And I just scratch through it. Right. There was nothing <laughs> that I found really quickly in this one, but, but there are times, but then I also, am like, oh, wow. I look at them months later and I'm like, these aren't so bad. You know, but I know that I was so hard on myself at that moment that it was it's painful to even look at it or to it to be in in the sheet next to it. I don't know. 
if everybody deals with stuff like that, but I know I, I deal with it. It's, it's not as good as I thought is what I was wanting it to be, Mm -hmm. but it really, it's not that bad if you look at it in another way. And I think when you're doing things live, you're doing it with other people around. Oftentimes people will come up to you and say, Hey, can I buy that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not sure it's done, but you guess it's done because they want to buy <laughs> right. it. Right? right. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so when you start, uh, like how would somebody go about, how did, how did, how did you start taking commissions? Was it just that you were doing these things at church or you were doing these things out and people saw them and then they, um, because I think a lot of people are like, I don't even know how, where to begin if I was going to pivot into this other thing. How do you show your work or, you know, is that, um, I know Brian White's here, he paints, um, but he has a whole nother separate uh, Brian White art uh, on you know, a a different Instagram that he does that. And Brian, you can put that in the chat, but like, how do people, if, if they're, this was not just a, a, a a side project, this was a complete pivot for you. Yeah. And so where did you feel like it was about painting? Was it just in taking those classes from Milan or? No, I mean, long before, like long before we even had our last uh, recharge, (laughs) Um, I had, I was dreaming. I had a series of dreams where I got uh, in the dreams I'm painting and I'm, and most of them were portraits. I've never painted portraits before. So I, and it was a series, there were like seven to 10 where I, I, in my dream, I'm mixing colors. I'm painting the portraits. I'm finishing them. I can see them. Like I could see them so clearly. And it started with one and, and it was during the time I was doing beautiful words and each painting had a word, one word attached to it. And, um, and, and then it was like over a series of months and I felt like, oh my gosh, I have all these paintings. And then I felt the weight of like, oh, I'm like stewarding something. Like I'm carrying something that that I can see, but somehow I need to get it out. And and in all my years of like creating and designing at Tommy Bahama or anywhere that I've worked, any opportunity, like we did a lot of work um, on the computer, but usually that had to be the finishing tool. At, at Tommy Bahama, they never wanted anything to look digital, to look like it was done on the computer. So a lot of what we created was by hand first, and then you would take it into the computer and um, finish it that way. But when Luciano, who is the creative director, who was the creative director, when he saw a surface design, a textile design, he wanted it to look as if it was hand done. He did not want to see any computer in it at all. Mm-hmm. Though he knew the process, like he knew we were like manipulating color and, right. and creating repeats and everything in the computer. So any opportunity that I had at work when I painted, it was like, oh my gosh, I love to paint so much. And a lot of my job, you know, wasn't sitting and painting. A lot of it was, but a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was on the computer or um, different ways of concepting and stuff like that where I wasn't painting. Um, But anytime I painted, it just was like, oh my gosh, this is the funnest This is, I love to, but I didn't feel like that's necessarily where my strongest skills were, but I just knew 
this is when I feel most alive is when I'm painting. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So then when I started dreaming about painting and I would sit down and paint, even if I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was able to paint what I had seen in, in the dreams. Mm -hmm. But even when I sat down to paint, I would just have that same feeling like, oh my gosh, this, this, I feel the most alive in my spirit when I'm painting. And so then, you know, not feeling like I had the skill to actually paint these portraits, I just was constantly carrying them in my heart. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like nobody's ever going to see what I, what I can see if I don't figure out how to paint them. And it was during, uh, it was during a church at worship that I attempted to do one of the portraits and, um, and it, it turned out okay. I don't have it in here. It turned out okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I, I was like, it's, it's okay. You knew you were still missing something, some sort yeah. of skill. So then you started searching for somewhere to fill that skill need because you still wanted to get these out. You felt like there was a purpose for them to come out. Yeah. Well, I, I was following um, an artist um, online who paints portraits all the time. And even though the, uh, the images I have in my head, the style looks completely different from hers. I, I was like, gosh, she knows how to paint portraits. And it was actually her and her mom that did that conference. So that's why I signed up for the conference because I'm like, well, she'll, she can teach me something. Like she paints portraits multiple ones a week. So, and she's really good at it. I'm going to learn some skills. And, and then when I did the conference and they were talking a lot about what we talked about last time, just like um, how creatives create experiences that bring people into, into a better understanding of who they are and the creating beauty and um, creating joy through your art. Like it was like all, all the things that are in my heart. So I just was really excited. And when they talked about the mastery program and how it's like this college level course, and you're going to learn oils and charcoal, which I had not ever really been trained in and, um, and then mixed media, which I played around with, but I mean, I've, I've never taken any courses on it and finding your voice and, um, and building a portfolio and marketing. And then, you know, after the year, having the skill set to be a, a professional full-time artist, when they were offering that, I just felt like I was be being invited into it. And I had, I had to decide like, okay, it, it is this something that I really want to do? So, and, and it, you know, it's a fi financial commitment too. So that was part of it. This wasn't a side, this wasn't going to be a side thing or if it was like, I still had to be, I had to be pretty committed to it. So Okay. So then that was in September. In November, you were like, uh, this is not good. I'm only, I'm three months in and I'm only got three weeks of work in, but then yours, you also had the, I mean, this year has been a huge change year. You, um, started changing your body as well. My yeah. mom's like her body, probably. Her body. it's not like she's doing, I don't know, implant. She has tennis balls <laughs> in her back or something. Um, nothing like that. But so this, why, because this is big. This is um, you're working 20 hours a week at uh, part time. And then but this is what you really feel like you were called to do full time. 
And this was some of our conversations that we had. I was like, so if this is because what would happen is it's these are things you can solve. You can do the things at work. You can do those things. You can meet those needs. But by doing those, you're not um, yeah. doing what you're really called to do. If you were supposed to be a full-time mom or a half, half-time mom, you can't half-time mom. Um, <laughs> but if you were called to do something or you felt that way, it's like this other thing was just sort of in the way because it, it wouldn't, um, uh, you would make that a priority instead of this. You wouldn't hold your time for the painting or, or the drawings may, or any of us maybe might do that. I know I do that. Like it's easier just to do something for a client than it is for me yeah. to work on my own business because yeah. it's harder. It's harder yes. to do that work or the learning to sit down and commit to those things. So, but you also started changing your body. What was your body like before? And then what were you changing? Well, it's in the last like four years, It, I would say probably three summers ago was Four summers ago, I injured my back and I, the whole summer, I, my back was out. Like if, if the family was going on a bike ride, I couldn't go. I, some days I couldn't get out of bed. Like I, I was in a lot of pain and, um, thankfully, you know, it, by fall, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't as bad. Then the f- next summer we went for a walk and I told Casey after our first walk, summer walk, I was like, ah, oh, my sciatic is hurting. And he was like, really? And then it was within days. And I was like, laid out on the bed, couldn't move. It was actually really scary. And, um, and, and God totally did a miracle, but I still had that summer. I still had a lot of sciatic pain and that kind of slowed me down. And I wasn't able to like, really, um, engage in what everybody else was doing at home in the summer, which is kind of a bummer, but, but I wasn't in as much pain as I had been that one week. And, um, and then the next, the following summers, I, I would always be kind of timid and, and, and baby my back quite a bit. And, um, yeah. And if I did spend a good amount of time trying to do the courses the lessons I'd be in my studio and I would go to bed in pain, which kind of like also was another fear that was brought up. Like, okay, I want to do this, but what if my body can't handle it? What if like, I can't get it done. And because I'm, I'm, my body's too tired at night or it's in pain or whatever. So, um, that was, that was pretty discouraging for me, but, um, yeah, there just seemed to be quite a few things that were, I committed to, okay, what if I could paint full time? And what if I could actually get the skills I need to paint these portraits that I've been carrying for so long? And um, I, it was in November. It was in, um, yeah, November. It was in November that I, I wrote in my journal and I prayed and asked God that, to help me see his dream for me. And what are the things I need to have in place? Like, that's what I wrote. And it was literally two days later, a friend called me and left a message. And she said, Jody, I think you're in the middle. And um, what are, you know, she said that the middle is the hardest place to be because you start losing sight of where you're going. Mm. 
and you start losing touch with where you've been. And, um, and so I just started, you know, this is before you and I started meeting, it was the November before, and I just started, okay, what do I need to have in place? What do I, where does my vision need to be? Like, how do I see where I've been, but where I'm headed? And, um, and then it was literally like a week later, um, the end of November, where I call it the deconstructing. It's like where it's where my pastor would say where we let go of our gift projections, like the misconceptions of what our dream is and letting go of our own self desires that we've woven into his promises Mm. for us and where disappointment has maybe taken root because you're not where you thought you would be and you're not sure where you're headed. And I just really prayed for discernment and I prayed for someone that could be on my side. And I wrote in my journal, I wrote, I read, I wrote it down. I prayed for a fellow encourager who would help me define my and own my lane. Like Mm -hmm. what's my lane. And I prayed for a, a fellow visioneer who could help me see with faith the tomorrow that has been ordained for me. I needed a pioneer of hope who could encourage me, me to hope again, because I was discouraged. She's so good with words too. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Keep going. Well, I was discouraged that I wasn't, I, I wasn't getting done the classes that I so wanted to do. And I was discouraged because I didn't feel like my body could do it, even if I could get my mind to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then because I was working at the church, my pastor was, um, had like been gone for a while. He came back and he's, he started preaching about vivid vision and he had the staff. What is it called? What did vivid, vivid, vivid vision. vision. Okay. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, and he had written like a three-year plan for our church and our church is really young. He's really young. So like, um, he was, he had spent time with God and was like, okay, God, where, where, where could our church be in three years? And at, at work, he was asking everybody, to do the same thing. Like, where do you want to be in three years from now? And, um, I brought home the, my, what is this called again? Well, it's a, an icky guy. Icky guy, Right. So, um, the executive pastor had created this icky guy for everybody on staff. And because I'm the, I was the support person. It wasn't, it wasn't as imperative that I had mine filled out for work, but I remember you and I had started meeting then so yeah, my pastor started that in December. God was like, maybe you should reach out to Diane. And I remember I texted you and I was like, so you know, the coaching thing that you do. And you were like, do you have somebody that's interested? And I was like, me? <laughs> like, I just need someone who can, yeah, be that, that fellow visioneer that can see it with me and, and help me pioneer what the next steps are so that I can really hope again about being able to do it. And then it was right at the same time that, you know, I brought home my empty icky guy. And when I showed it to you, you were like, you should totally fill it out. Like that's your homework, like fill it out. And um, I filled it out and it was like, what does the world need? What are you good at? What do you love and where God is, where is God leading you? And it was really through this vivid vision that you and I were, I mean, I remember us meeting that day and I was so excited because you were like, Jody, this is what you're called to do. And it was then that you were like, you are not going to be able to be at that job very much longer. And I was like, what? And you were like, yep, nope. For you to do this, 
you have to you have to step away from because you had you were able to see some of the, the you could see my blind spots you know like you could see like Jody even if you're trying to protect your Thursday Friday Saturday to focus on your lessons you're still getting phone calls and emails from work that take you away and because like you said it's sometimes easier to say oh and it was easier for me because I knew like Oh, I'm good at that. I know how to do it. I and it's can, fast. It's easy. It's it doesn't fast. push you, right? It's no. not uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not going to fail at that. I can just stop and do it. And But what I was finding was I had less, I was doing more of that, not just with work, but home, like being the rescuer at home in, in ways that I shouldn't have been. You called me out on that too, like in, in such a loving way. Like you really were that my answer to that prayer because you were someone who not only has been a voice of encouragement, but you've also been someone who's been able to instruct me and give me feedback with courageous love. Like you've been able, Jody, don't you want your kids to know how yeah, to do I- that? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes. Like, you don't want, you're like, you don't want your son to marry somebody and not know how to do that. Like, I just needed to be reminded, like, I don't need, it was almost like I was using the, I can be the rescuer. Hmm. So I didn't have to be obedient to what I was really being called to do. And uh, so, mm. so we had filled this out and, and I was like, no, I can do both. I can, if I re- if I can really focus, I can do my 20 hours at the office and I can do 20 plus hours. I can do this. And you were like, well, we can revisit it in a couple months, but yeah, you're not going to be there for very long. You had it out of May of 2022 when your son graduates from high school. That was when you were going to. Well, I did come back. I did come back and say, okay, maybe I could be done in May 2022. When he graduates, then I could I could um, quit at work. But then you and I met again, probably the it probably was the next week we met again and we were tackling fears mm-hmm. and this fear of like, um, of, have I been waste, like the fear of wasting time and money and resources mm-hmm. to do something that might not be anything at all. How do I even know it's anything? And, um, I knew more because I was here because we had gotten to this place and I was like, Oh my gosh, that really does all look like it is something that I'm supposed to be doing. And you would say that is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you, it, it was encouraging, but I, yeah, I was, I got to this place where we were talking about that story of the boy, the orphan boy. Tell him that story. Okay. So the orphan boy, these nuns, it's, it's the holiday season is Christmas and they've created the feast back at the orphanage for all the, um, all their kids, all their family, this huge feast, and they find this orphan boy. So they bring him to go into the feast to eat. And, but they, he's got these ragged, war, you know, worn clothes, dirty clothes. And for him to go in, they want to give him new clothes. They want to change his clothes. And they, they can't get, they can't change his clothes because he won't pull his hands apart. And they can't get his old clothes off. And um, when they finally like pry his hand open, he has like 
a moldy piece of bread. And I, w- I remember I was sharing this with you and I started to cry then because it was like hitting a chord. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think this job that I keep holding on to is my piece of bread mm-hmm. that because I, from the very beginning, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm, I think God wants me, I'm called into ministry. And I've always just thought, oh, that means it's in the church. And that's why it was so exciting when I was leading the creatives at our church and we were doing such dynamic and impactful things because I was like, this is it. This is, this is my bread. And then, um, and then working at the office, I think I felt like, well, I can do this, but when it's time for me to live out my call, I'll already be here. It'll be easy, easy transition. And I was realizing in that moment, like, oh, God has a feast for me. It's this. He has like a feast for me that has it. What we discovered really doesn't have that much of a role inside the church. It's more outside the church. And, and that's the feast. And I need to, I need to let go. And, and I, I, we wrapped it up. And I think I went back to work and shared that same story with my coworker, the children's director. And I started telling her and then I broke, like I, it was almost hysterical crying. And she was like, Oh, okay. I think you really need to like talk about that with God and with Casey. And, and it was right before spring break, it was in March. And I went home and told Casey and then we went on spring break. So I wasn't at work for like a week. And we got to go to McCall, which is a little mountain town. And um, we were there with the kids and um, it was super fun. And at the end of the stay, Casey said, you know, I prayed about it. And I don't feel like I've like heard the audible voice of God at all or gotten a download from him. But every time I pray about you quitting, I have total peace. So if on Tuesday you want to go back and let them know, then then I'm okay with it. And you and I hadn't been able to meet for a couple of weeks because I was on spring break. So you didn't even have a clue, but I was so excited that the next Tuesday when I went to work, I, before work, I texted my bosses and said, can we meet today? And I went in and told them like, and then I moved the timeline up to May, 2021. <laughs> you know, I said, I can give you however many weeks, March to May. It was quite a few, but I was like, I can be here until May 20th, but then I need to be done to do this. And, and then when we met and I told you, you won't believe what I did. (laughs) And it was also that week that, um, I had decided to do this optimum health program where my goal wasn't to like lose a bunch of weight. I had met with a friend and she did this health assessment with me and she had said, you know, you're going to sleep better. You're going to have more energy, which I needed more energy to just do what I was being called to do. You're going to have more energy. Um, yeah, you're going to have, you're, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be good for you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I started it and within, within two weeks, I sleeping through the night, I had way more energy. I went back to work after the first week and the same friend, the children's director was like, uh, 
you're acting like you're on drugs. You have, you like have so much energy. Um, so the, like I one, one of the things with this program, the eating part is there was no sugar, right? You cut no it, was, it was a keto focus or not a keto focus. No, it's, um, it's, it's different. It's a, like a mild ketosis. Um, you're eating a lot of protein, but you're eating carbs and you're eating, you're eating um, more smaller meals, more regularly. Yeah. Right? Smaller like six meals. times a day. Yes. Six times a day, every two to three hours, drinking a ton of water. Um, they're all protein based meals and, um, but no sugar. And within a week, like it was recalibrating like my metabolism and like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm sleeping through the night. What I didn't anticipate, which was, has been like one of the best things is that, um, it was cutting out inflammation in me. So like I had been waking up, you know, my feet and my ankles hurting my, my joints and my hands hurting. And I was like, Oh, that just must be getting older. That must be what that is. And within like a week and a half, I remember waking up and being like, oh my gosh, I have no pain in my hands. My feet don't hurt, which was a plus. Plus then I did start losing weight pretty quickly. And so then I um, had to go back and be like, I think I need to set a goal because it's not going to be that hard for me to lose weight, which I wasn't really concerned about or anticipating. But yeah, so since March. But it was also- you and I were also talking about like what time you got started. You had to get the kids out and you right. there were so much. And it was like, Jody couldn't really get started until about 1030. Yeah. And after starting this, she was <laughs> up early because she was hungry and she right. had actually, she was able to get up and get moving and get going. Yeah. So um, helped you just your, your body was re calculating or resetting itself so that yeah. you were, able, it, it wasn't like a four hour in the morning to get reset or get on, on your way, which I think that that was, um, a really, a really good thing that you ha- weren't even expecting. Cause I remember you were like, I'm waking up cause I'm hungry. Right. So true. My body's like, Oh my gosh, get in the kitchen and eat and start your day. Yeah. Which is a huge benefit. My day starts way earlier. And yeah, and I've lost almost 40 pounds. I mean, I'm, I've hit my goal. I'm not going to be losing any more weight, but like my, I have no back pain. I, this whole summer before it got smoky and yucky, um, we were going on bike rides and we would be riding all day and I was with everybody doing it. I had way more energy. I wasn't taking, I wasn't having to take naps in the afternoon. I could do the 90 minute sprints a couple of times, you know, and, and, which are the classes we were trying to set a class and then the homework in a 90 minute uh, block so that you would have some focus time. So again, all of it's kind of working together. And it was really, I mean, as I saw just uh, Jody, just getting smaller and smaller, (laughs) but her energy was there. So it was really pretty amazing. Um, And, and at some point you get to eat regular food, you're eat, you're incorporating regular food, um, because like the, the meals are pra- right? pre-packaged, right? They're called fuelings, and you um, you can do it with whole foods too. I chose to do it with, just to make it easy for myself. But now, because I'm in maintenance, like I'm maintaining, and then now adding in more activity. Um, now I just I eat whole food, but no sugar, and I eat a lot of fruits, tons of vegetables, and like a lot of protein. 
throughout so then the day. what's it like now if you're standing up and you're painting or like in a church service, if you're having to paint through two church services, is there is there pain for you now or is there are there ways that you are, um, I don't know, working through that or is that not an issue at all? It's not an issue. It's so weird to be able to even just sit on the floor and bounce up. Mm. You know, like to not be worried, like, oh my gosh, am I going to be in pain or yeah. So pain isn't an issue, which was a total game changer. This is like, then it makes it when you're, when your body feels like it's capable, then it, it definitely makes you feel like, okay, I can actually do this now. And, and I didn't realize how much of me feeling like I couldn't do it was tied to how my body was feeling. So, Mm. yeah. So that's, that's been a big thing for sure. I do think it's all connected Our how, if we're not getting enough rest, if we're not getting, um, uh, refueling is, is not just food. I think it's about, uh, time together, you know, Mm -hmm. time alone. Uh, however, I know Paul's here. Paul's like my, in, in my, my lunch is part of my refuel, not just eating. Right. But it's also just of what he's putting in his mind or how he's connecting with other people during, during lunch. Um, and I think that we have to know when, when we do, we have to know when our kind of downtime is, and then we have to be able to adjust. Um, so I want to ask you about some things and we'll kind of skip around a little bit, but what have been some of the things that have been challenging that you've seen uh, yourself embrace that uh, more? And then maybe things that are still challenging, but what are some and how have you worked through some of those things? Like I had written like color, you were space challenged. Um, <laughs> that sounds like we were like talking about Mars or something, but it right. was like, it was physically your space. Like this studio that you're in right here, that was a, a big challenge. And you set aside a good bit of time to, to fix that challenge, right? Yeah. The, the, the body was a challenge. Overcoming pain with, in my body was a challenge. And then, um, yeah. And then you had me take a week. What can I get done to make my space more conducive to living out this dream? And I mean, for it, it took me longer than a week to figure it out because it seemed overwhelming. I had a little tiny corner in the sunroom where there was a piano and a credenza and um, chairs and there was a lot of furniture in here. And so I had one little tiny corner and we talked about like, well, maybe we should build one of those she shed studios in the backyard. And, and I felt too, like, oh my gosh, I'm getting distracted by, oh, the kids need this. And, um, but then we, we were watching, it was late at night. We were watching like a thunderstorm and Casey, we were sitting in the dark in the, in the sunroom watching the lightning. And he was like, you know, this room is the size that we would build out in the backyard. What if we just like made this your studio, like really committed and made it your studio. Then you were like, okay, take a week. But it meant like moving the piano, which is an up a step and over and which seemed huge because it's so heavy. And like 
moving rooms downstairs and moving things up here and getting rid of furniture. Like it seemed a little overwhelming. And then Casey sat down with me and made a plan and then we just knocked it out. It took a week, but like now this is 12 by 16 space. We built an easel that's the size of this wall. And um, we found things on Facebook marketplace for super cheap. And I spray painted them to match. And like, this is my space. And it's awesome. So yeah, so I've been able to overcome that. And then the other other thing was the your studio before your computer and stuff was downstairs and you had other craft things in this one room, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you had this space, which was really split. So now your space is together. But one thing that was really important to to Jody was that she didn't want to be like disconnected from her family during. Um, so when her kids came home, she didn't want them to have to go and see her in this other room. So here it's open floor. So yeah. she can see them in the den or the, the, where their family room table is. So she still felt like she was part of it. And that was one of the things that we, um, we worked at so that uh, some of it was just space. And some of it was like, Oh, Diane, I didn't get everything moved. I didn't. And I was like, I think you're trying to move like a whole, whole lot of stuff in a week and it's not going to happen. You need to give yourself a little bit of a, a, a grace period. Right. So again, super hopeful. She wants to get it done really quick, but it's not really practical with right. everything that's going on. So, and you sold pieces of furniture. You, I mean, there was a lot of kind of uh, so I think one of the things I want people to do is you may have this vision, but you can't probably, it can't be done in a week. And I'm sure my mom right. is thinking exactly, Diane, why do you think <laughs> you can do everything in a week? In a week. But, but I think that a lot of us have that we have, it's like, once you get the vision of what you are supposed to be doing, you think that we should be doing it tomorrow. And I, I yeah. think that there's a, a period of time. We don't just, we don't just jump on a bike and learn how to ride a bike in a day. I mean, I didn't, it took a little bit, you do training wheels and you, uh, I just think we need to give ourselves a little bit of, I'm talking to myself here as well, because it's hard. It's hard to do that. Um, what, what other things challenged? Um, like we've talked about what to charge, um, the ability to finish iterating. And you might want to tell them about that. Like what that's a solution to worrying that you're going to mess something up. Do you want to tell them? Yeah. So um, to that, uh, I've found that if I paint multiples of the same thing, then I'm able to choose from, you know, I'm doing a, a commissioned portrait for someone of their granddaughter and I painted six of them. I threw two of them away and I didn't feel like, oh, that's such a waste I, because I had four of them that like any of these four could work this one is looks the most like the granddaughter. That's the one that I'm going to focus on, but now I can practice on the other ones. It just kind of created some freedom and yeah, which it, it made it a lot more fun too. And the, the charging, what to charge let, that was a big one that you helped me like overcome a wrong mindset an unhealthy mindset about my value and um, how that was tied into me not being able to come up with a fee to charge for my artwork. And um, yeah, I just feel like I have a better sense of what my value is and the value of the art that I'm creating. So that's been really good. It's still awkward and hard, but then I'm always surprised like, oh, 
yeah, they're fine. They're fine with what I just told them. So yeah, that's a blessing. And then the color, I still feel like that. I mean, that's always going to be a challenge because there are some colors I can't see, which I really allow to be a fear, but, um, I'm just, it's almost like I'm competing with myself in the studio. Like every brushstroke needs to be a different color. Mm. And so like the bird that's hanging back there, I did it live. It seems like I'm able to test out these theories (laughs) when I'm doing it live because I give myself a little bit of a break. I mean, I only have 30 minutes. There's a bunch of people like if it, if it's not great, I have an excuse, I guess, but the, the bird there, like every, every time I took the brush up to the canvas, I put a different color down and, um, just trying to create some kind of breakthrough so that I'm not intimidated by the fact that like some, some reds look gray to me. Some greens look like the gray red, you know, so, and, and not, and not look at that as, something, something that's limiting my art, but like you, you're like, that could be your superpower. So, you know, just trusting in that. And there, I mean, there's a lot of mindsets that you and I have been able to establish that are way more healthy than the ones that I've had before. Like what, what would be something that, um, is a practical one that if, if, um, if, if one of your kids was having that issue that you could kind of bring some of that mindset work that you've had to struggle with, but now have overcome what do you have an example? Yes. When we did the mindset reboot with Mm -hmm. Mario Mm -hmm. and his group, I can't remember the name of the gal who was the speaker, but I remember what she said. And she was talking about the vision uh, version of yourself which tied right into all of the like habit forming that I was doing with food and where you take your current reality or I guess your current reality and what that is defining it and then defining what your desirable outcome, your desirable reality to be your vision version of yourself. And then that, that structural tension, what are the base things that you have to do every day to get you to that vision version of yourself. And if you're constantly focused on the vision version of yourself and less focused on, Oh, my current reality is this and this and this, that like the current reality might be what's true. The vision version of yourself is your truth. Mm. So like, if you can focus on your truth, then that's, you're constantly working towards it. Like every, every success and every failure is getting you to your, to your truth. And I think like with my kids, I'm able to say, okay, you're, you're, you're challenged with this right now, but how do you see yourself when you're overcoming that? Like, what does that version of yourself look like? What are some, what are some things that you can do in that, the tension of not, you know, being in between, what are those things that you can do every day that are going to get you closer to your vision version of yourself. So I, so one of the questions I had uh, written was how um, you have embraced these risks and you've leaned heavily on your faith, but then there are times where obviously that's really hard. It's that middle. I love that your friend called it that middle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what have you done to remind yourself of that purpose? So this could, anybody could put use this kind of technique um, or, or something like this. So like what are, or anybody can answer this question is what are you doing to re- remind yourself, especially in those low times or maybe daily to remind yourself of that purpose of, um, do you know what I'm asking? So uh, this is this is the new path and this is right. Because a lot of times we'll be like, oh, I could just go back to the church. I could just go be an admin again. It's yeah. easier. Like there's there's a lot of like unknowns and there's a lot of, oh my gosh, can I really do this? Right? Yeah. Yes. We talked about it maybe even the last time that we met about me defining my why and um and, and creating even like pieces of artwork that I can have around me that mm-hmm. remind me of that why and remind me of the vision that I have. And I feel like I do, I spend a lot of time in the studio, not necessarily painting, but spending a lot of time. Um, I mean, I have a lot of journals in here and this is where I spend time like reading my Bible and praying and um, a lot of a lot of um a lot of it has been like okay reminding myself of that why and having those reminders all around me yeah whether whether they're in visually artful (laughs) you know or if they're just me writing it down and rewriting it down but like really defining your why I think those things can be individual and you can do that individually but then you can also have friends that you see only once every three months, or it could be a friend that you meet with regularly that can also remind you and ask you, um, or it's once some on the 12th of the month, we always ask each other about the vision and are you still doing whatever that is? I think one of the things for you, you wanted to be an example for your kids um, and, and for Casey as well, Casey's a musician. And so it's like, if you can do this, what, what it's so hopeful and that's a really big kind of, I don't know, instigator isn't really probably the right word, but it's a catalyst, a catalyst for you moving forward because um, sometimes people need to see that it was hard for you, but you made it and you did it because of commitment and because you just had faith that it was that you didn't give up. And I feel like um, you've done really well at being honest about when you were feeling attacked um, or, and when you wanted to just kind of crawl back into safety um, uh, and not be challenged. Cause it is, it is hard. It's not easy. It's not easy to do this. It's not easy to, to leave um, a job and uh, but just move forward. And I think that I would love you to kind of end it with something on a time um I mean, you've changed your body, you've changed your family, you've changed even the space that you live in, and you've created clear boundaries for work and mm-hmm. for uh, your family, and um, all those things add to what you have been you've been called to do, and you've a time, you know, you've committed time to doing this. Is there anything else that you think if if somebody else was wanting? Um, like just how much has your faith come in when you feel like you're being under attack or when you want to just kind of slide into, cause it's just too hard. What, what then? Well, not, not that I want to hijack 
what you just asked me oh, and okay. go a different direction. But I really want to take some time and just honor you and how you really have been an answer to that prayer because, um, because it was on November 16th that I prayed and asked God, like, what do I need to have in place? And it was like a week later that um, I prayed for discernment and I prayed that God would give me someone who could be on my side and be a voice of encouragement. And then he laid you on my heart. And, and my whole last year has been one of pivot and change and transformation and, um, and being able to define uh, resistance and how to break through. And so I wrote down what you have been, what, what God, how God has used you this last year. And I wrote down that Diane has been a a fellow pilgrim of faith. I mean, from our first meeting, you were like, we got to read this book and we're beloved. And we're going to say these things about, you know, the truth of who we are. And, um, and you've been a voice of edification. What's edification? You're able to build me up through instruction and feedback. So like you're edifying who, who I really am. Mm. Um, and you, you love with courageous love. You are a truth speaker. So you speak the truth so that I can see my blind spots, which actually helped me to grow. And um, you've been consistent, a consistent voice of encouragement always since I've known you for the last 23 years, but especially since January, um, you've helped me to see the promise in me when I couldn't see it. Um, you've helped me to renew my vision and see with faith and not necessarily by sight. So you're constantly help, you know, helping me to renew that vision. Um, you remind me what my dream is about, that it's about my family and it's about uh, the generations to follow. Um, you know, my breaking points, you've been able to see them and you are such an amazing guide and saying, okay, well, let's, let's try this this week. You never make me feel judged when I've hit that breaking point or like, oh my gosh, I did not, I've totally failed at this. This didn't work. Like, oh, the next one was she allows me to fail. And actually in regards to the whole dream you have said, and you continue to say like, just doing the thing is success. Like it all could fail, Jody, but just showing up and doing the thing is success. So let's just embrace the unknown and focus on the next step and take action. And you've helped me to understand that doubt is overcome by action. Mm. It's when I don't do the things that I'm still, I, I still am carrying unbelief, but when I actually take action, yeah. You help plan the next moves with me and you remind me to be kind to myself, which is a priceless gift. And you remind me of how far I've come. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I'm so Brian grateful. says his allergies are kicking up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine too. Mine too. Thank you, Judy. Yeah. But you do those things for me too. I'm super thankful. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. And that's probably another mindset that has really been ingrained this last year with you is that being grateful is healing. And I'm really grateful for you. I'm really thankful for you. 
there are so many things. If you ever hear me, um, hmm, I make a little beep. That's Jody. Jody, that Jody used to do that, or maybe she still doesn't. Um, but when we were at work, she would be like, oh, oh well, you know. And so that's like I've, I told her, I was like, I adopted that from you because I wanted a piece of her with me. And Jody, I don't know if you remember this, but you this is so old. Do you remember this? You took yes. this. Yes. I love she was at a um a hotel. I don't remember if this is in Colorado or it was something else. But um you took this picture of this little girl. It was her parents' hotel. Yep. And um and you took it and I keep it on my desk. I mean this is whatever 20 three years old yeah um but it, i've kept it on my desk ever since i just love it because it was this just it could be any time like the little girl looks like she's just in a little white dress you know but she's sleeping with her arms fully out like no one can sit on this couch you know it's like and and i feel like one of the things i deal with is am i taking up too much space you know mm-hmm. and so i think that it's fun to see you thrive and, and soar, you know, and I can see when you start holding yourself back. And I think that's anybody, you know, it's just about being in relationship with people. And I think being willing to be vulnerable with people and God puts people in our lives to allow us that, but we Mm -hmm. have to be vulnerable. You had to be vulnerable enough to say, Hey, do you do this? Can I do this with you? Right. (laughs) Or would you do this with me? But this is, um, I mean, it is definitely, we are on a, I always think of it, it, it's, we're on a journey together. I just am able to see some things about you, but you're able to see things about me too. It's, I, I really feel like being with others is imperative to living out your destiny and your call that your promise actually equals our promise. And my destiny is tied to your destiny and how we steward our promises affect each other. So it's imperative. Like we can't do it on our own. And you are so skilled at being that person that allows someone who is like, I mean, I'm in a studio by myself every day, but you create space for me to not be alone in that journey and to be someone that travels alongside. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, um, I don't have a, a million people that I, uh, you know, whatever God calls me, but if he calls me to help a hundred people or if he calls me, it's not about a number for me. So, um, but I, I love that I've been able to just walk with you on this, Jody. I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you and so that they can walk on this journey with you as well, because you're documenting this on Instagram. And yes. so it on Instagram, it's Jody, J-O-D-I Miller underscore and then art and all of these are in the uh, chat below and then her main instagram is darling bird studios um uh on instagram and then the the if somebody was interested in doing the same kind of um health assessment um or doing something that you had done maybe they have back pain or they have some other kind of pain that they want to just uh look at this wasn't like a two week and done kind of thing this has been um over from march to so six months yeah i'm really bad at math but i think it's about six months um but you started seeing and feeling change uh within within a couple weeks yeah yeah so and that it's called optavia right yeah yeah 
it's Octavia and you, the, you fill out the health assessment. And then I have, um, I have uh, Jamie and Kim here locally that I refer people to and they are amazing. Yeah. And then they kind of, I mean, they do it in community. They become your like health coach and give you encouragement, check in every week. And it's really good. So if you are, if you want, you probably would be happy to answer a DM at uh, either one of your Instagrams, right? For people, but the Optivia, if somebody's interested in that, that's just form.jotform.com and then a whole bunch of numbers numbers. (laughs) um, that I'm not going to read off to you, but they are down below. So if you're interested in it. But 40 pounds is a lot. Jody is not like six, four. So she's taller than me. <laughs> um, but I mean, there she's like, I haven't worn these since I was uh, in college or something like some pants or whatever. And um, I just think that so you just feel you have a ton more energy. And um, and I always think you look beautiful no matter Thanks. what. But I'm, I know that you feel better and feel it's a really so much better. Your, your back isn't isn't bothering you so so huge jody i know we didn't get to answer everything but thank you for being willing to to share things with everybody and just of course leaning in i think one thing i've tried to do uh and and you do for me as well is just and mario does it as well uh is lean in and what who god calls us to be um and he has told me many times Diane, you weren't called to be successful. You were called to be obedient. So if he's called mm-hmm. you to do this, then good. go at it. And I know I've said those same words to you because they yeah. were so impactful to me. Um, and I just think that, you know, understanding your purpose and um, what you are called to do and when you are in un- discomfort or uncomfortable situations, it's good to be willing to address those and mm-hmm try different things and they might not always work, but at least you're trying something new. And I think that there could be success and just celebration in that. So um, Jody, thank you so much. I really, I love you and I appreciate you. And thank you for being on Design Recharge again. It was great. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm going to hit stop and we'll see you guys next week. Um, Hopefully we'll, if, if you're interested, um, Either it'll be me alone or it'll be me and Mario and we'll do like a rapid fire um, uh, mindset things. So if you are struggling with something and you want someone to you want to put it out in front, um, then and you want someone to kind of uh, uh, help you understand why you're um, having struggle with something or you're being challenged by something, I just um Send, I will send out an email and just say, hey, I want to pop on and then we'll just get an order. And if nobody does, I guess I'll just ask Mario a whole bunch of questions or I'll be doing it alone. Um, so hopefully I won't be alone if uh, but please, this is a time for us to uh, be commu- in community together. So I am very thankful and I'm thankful for all y'all and thanks for staying so long. All right. I'm going to hit stop now.